guys. Huh? Yeah. I have even two pockets <laughs> for blessed candies. <laughs> All right. Mm. English, okay? No jokes. Serious. Ah, you want to listen to the question or the question? <笑>不問不要是說開悟了。<笑><笑><笑> 為什麼要問? 有沒有更好的啊? <笑>我問中國人他們說聽不太懂看不懂啊他們翻譯師父的都看不懂啊我看過不懂看不懂看不懂看不懂看語言稿就行了何必翻譯呢真的看不懂啊啊他們用太深的用太深的啊黃金跟那個Pepple那個 OK,給大家都聽得懂的。你寫那個詩給人家聽不懂何必寫呢?連自己看也不懂的。有時候寫很多那個大的話,結果都空空的,懂不懂?寫詩寫文都是應該重新寫出來,才感人。嗯,有時
though scores of unsaintly they meet. Sandalwood doesn't uh, is coolness quit. Those snakes emboss the sandal trees. One who's dear to God, Kabir says, is from a long distance discern. He's gaunt, but his heart transcends, as if he has quarreled with the world. One who is dear to God, Kabir says, has slender his bodily frame. At night he lacks sleep, and no flesh his body doth accumulate. Those who are grossly ignorant, they have the pleasant, carefree sleep. When I knew this till then unknown, I had fallen in calamities. There is intense commotion in the man's mind who has science and knowledge. Without sword, he fights a battle. Awake each morn, he struggles with himself. With eyes wide open, I wonder, but no one came across my sight. In whoever heart my master dwells, how can he remain recondite? You don't know recondite? <laughs> we we need a big dictionary. <laughs> If an Englishman don't know, <laughs> I'm not born there. <laughs> I can guess, perhaps, ignorant or something like that. Yeah, I remain indifferent. Yeah, indifferent, because. Uh, the master dwells his, in his heart, yeah? so he cannot remain the same like before, yeah? whatever it was. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> Maybe we understand better. Saints don't give up their saintliness, though chorus, chorus of unsaintly they meet. Okay, yeah, a lot, a lot, yeah, score. Maybe it's a misprinted. Maybe it is misprinted. Okay, scores mean a lot of people. Yeah, sand and wood doesn't. Quit is coolness, those snakes emboss the sand and trees. Okay. In this sentence, I think the saint Kabir means that even though we live in this world, yeah, we have to deal with a lot of people who are not saintly. Uh, they will not lose their saintliness. The true saint, that is. Huh? Because every day we have to deal with lots of people, huh? uh, maybe business, maybe relatives, maybe friends, maybe neighbors, maybe just uh, bureaucracy. Yeah, but a saintly person will remain always saintly. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot find a dictionary. Ah, uh, keep keep the way it was, right? Yeah. So that's what I thought. Eh? Recondite means to remain, you know, indifferent, yeah, preserved, or aloof, or and you know, away from the from the saintliness. Yeah. Okay. Now, 
Why didn't you just bring the dictionary here? <laughs> He's translating. A computer. A computer. <laughs> Nowadays we just ask a computer. No need to ask the teacher anymore. <laughs> okay, then you guys just go and learn with the computer. I, I go home sleep. <laughs> and uh, get initiation by computer. <laughs> and you can type in and ask the computer, what? What's the, le- what's the first level? <laughs> he likens the saying like sand and wood. Yeah? Sand and wood, Tang Xiang. Yeah. Sand and wood never lose its coolness. Yeah. Even though snakes or other things surrounding the tree, that's normal, okay? I hope you are this kind of saint. Are you? Yes? yes? Wow, impressive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> huh? hey. Yes, yes, yes. Snakes also represent temptation. Yeah. And poisonous atmosphere. Yeah. Poisonous thoughts of people as well. Maybe like that. Yeah? Mm. Even though we live in such environment, yeah, meet so many of such people, we remain the same. I think you do. I believe what you said. Because otherwise you wouldn't be here, no? Right? After so many years. How many years we know each other? Fifteen years. Same, huh? Both of you, huh? More than years. You are twenty years? Almost 20 years. Okay. Anybody else more than that? 33 years. <laughs> 33 years. And she's still with her husband. <laughs> Must be a real saint. <laughs> Never lose her, her saintliness with her husband. <laughs> you still love him? Oh, yes. No? Just respect. Ah, okay. And the husband, of course, respects his wife very much. Huh? That's a- another word for fear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never mind, never mind. You guys don't laugh with a single person. Don't laugh. Because you don't know what it's like yet. <laughs> you don't have the right to laugh at all. <laughs> <laughs> the more you laugh, the more you cry later. <laughs> you think it won't happen to me. <laughs> I'm a big macho. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You know what? It is it, like this, no? Even to the wife also, huh? Not just. I don't know why they always write things about husband fear of the wife. I think it's the opposite also, huh? Yeah. When you want to come to retreat or want to do some master work, you always. Uh, have to consider uh, the husband whether he likes or not, nah? whether he's happy where you're going, and uh, what would he, you know, have to ask him. And sometimes, if you see him not happy, you also feel like you shouldn't go, and oh, I don't know, you know, I'm very indecisive. Anyway, that is the nature of this world, huh? Once we know someone, yeah, we have to always consider that person. No matter we love or not love, it's like that. Yeah. Even if you know a dog or 
a cat, you have to consider him, yeah? Uh, whether he's okay if you leave him for a while, or you leave him for good, or for, you know, it's, it's, it's a binding. Any affection relation in this world is really binding, yeah? Except the saintly ones, yeah? Like if two persons, both are saintly, yeah? Together practice, then there's no problem, yeah? Just like the case of Kabir's wife, by the way, nah? You remember the story that uh, a person wants to try what devotion is, yeah? And he thinks he's better and all that. So Kabir tells his wife to... He picks some stones and tells her to fry it in a pan with oil. So she did it immediately. No question asked. No why, but however, you crazy? <laughs> you wasting oil? <laughs> Yeah, nowadays you don't do that, okay? Because we are trying to conserve the planet, okay? <laughs> Maybe you put one drop, <laughs> just to symbolize the, the devotion and the unconditional obedience of a disciple. Yeah. Suppose I tell you to fry stones, will you do it? Yes. Yes. yes? Okay. Suppose if uh, I want you to die for me, would you? Yes. I thought your love is undying. <laughs> okay, okay. I understand. I understand. That's good, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. So, um for a real practitioners, huh? That that is that is a saint. We never change our heart, never change our faith. Because we know through experiences that the way we walk is a right way, yeah? If you know that you want to go to the south, yeah, and you know your highway is correct, would you change if somebody says something? Or if every other car go in the opposite direction? Would you follow them? Would you follow the mass of the car to go to the north or anywhere else? No, that's correct. You see, this is the same. Same as when you drive the car, you have GPS, you have map, you have charged out your course, your course, yeah, of going where. So uh, no matter how many cars go in any other direction, you just keep your lane, yeah, you keep your highway. That's that. That's good. I'm proud of you. Even if you have not made uh, a big progress or haven't been to the fifth level or something like that, but you are on your way and I'm very happy, okay? It seems that way to me, yeah? Whoever has wavered, already wavered, already left, and I'm also happy. <laughs> so, so we don't have to deal with low level, you know? So after many years of screening, yeah. Even though I gave initiation to everyone in those years because of the time, of urgency of the time, I went everywhere and gave initiation to whoever, yeah, yeah. But uh, they screen themselves out, you know, by some different method of the heaven, eh? and not me. Eh? I don't intend to screen anybody out. I would have liked everyone to stay, yeah, so that I can help him to develop. But sometimes him or he, she or he, screen themselves out, yeah, and by something because their faith waver, because they did not practice well enough the way of the saint but they practice too much the way of the world. To these people, any appearance is important, yeah? 
like how the master should dress or their house should be big like the neighbor's house or whatever their wife demand has to be done. Something like that, you know? Yes. Uh, therefore, they screened themselves out. Yeah? We did not kick them out. Yeah. Sometimes I say this and that person should stay home and meditate much more for another year or so before coming back to us. That is not kicking out. That is to really wake him up a little bit, you know, push him a little bit because he's too slow. And then he come back, yeah? But some people, because of that, also go out because he think he lose face. <laughs> There's no face, right? <laughs> we have only one face. <laughs> that is the no face. <laughs> so if we, in front of God, we don't take off the mask, then we will never see our real face, yeah. Which is the no face, yeah. Okay. When you're in somebody, you know we have no body, yeah. No body, no feeling, no sensation of the material world at all. That is truly no face. Yeah, we are just light. We are just a divine, divine bliss which has no form. Yeah, no trouble. Hmm. But most of people, even some initiates, you know, in the beginning, because I give them so free initiation, and they did not cultivate it. You know. Like if you give them a piece of diamond, but he's no, he has no eyes for it, so he just throw it out. Okay, fine. <laughs> and we don't have to worry about such people anymore. But it's a pity huh? for them. Yeah. Although I'm happy not to have to deal with <laughs> low class, or I mean <laughs> low level people. <laughs> Most people, they are too engrossed. Many people, huh? Maybe not most. I don't know <laughs> if we say most, we offend people. <laughs> but it could say most, huh? because look how many of you compared to the world anyway. So we can say most, yeah? Uh, of people, uh, they're very engrossed in material gain and profit. Yeah? And they take care too much of their immediate need, yeah? Either themselves, their own need, or family members' need. And so they are blind to the light of uh, salvation. Uh, there was one story about uh, Guru uh, uh, Gobind Singh. Yeah, there were, uh, he was uh, talking to his uh, so-called devoted disciples, and he was asking, "Who is the most devoted? Yeah, who would really obey him and all that? You know, I mean, blindly, yeah, die for him and something. Everybody raise hand, okay." And one particular person has been with him a long time, eh? and particularly showed the most enthusiasm. So he asked him to go home, uh, buy him some cloth, yeah, because he 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 would do it just to buy a special cloth, you know, special, uh, very fine, expensive cloth for uh, SM celestial clothes, no. <laughs> Maybe the guru wanted to design some SM celestial clothes for fashion show. <laughs> so the disciple said, right away, sir, I bring in the morning, tomorrow. So he went home, and he searched all over town, and he found one row of that kind of cloth that the guru wanted. 
Mind you, at that time, you give to the guru. Guru doesn't pay you back. Okay, <laughs> this is a different time with the master Ching Hai. So, <laughs> don't think that the guru give him the money to buy it. That would be too easy. Yeah, mostly at that time, everybody contribute to the guru, make offering to the guru, buy everything for the guru, uh, arrange everything for the guru. He doesn't do much. Okay. He just bedeck himself with pearl, jewelry, diamond, and wearing clothes nicely like a prince. Yeah, if you saw his uh, photo, you know, painting, you know. He's the most princely of all the Sikh gurus, yeah? He loves fine dining, you know, fine food, and beautiful houses, and fast horses, even gun, <laughs> and fine swords, yeah? At that time, they were in war with the government, understand? So they also have to find a means to defend themselves. That's, that's what it is written. Yeah? Okay, now. So that man went to the shop, huh? went to all the bazaars in the city, and finally acquired a row of beautiful cloth and brought it home and intended to give it to the guru Gobind Singh, the next morning. Guru Gobind Singh was the last guru of the Sikh tradition, okay? Yeah. They originally also uh, practiced Guan Yin method, ne? the method of light and sound, ne? of course, okay. So now, in India, they worship guru like God, ne? you know that. Huh? Whatever he said has to be done, yeah. No argument, yeah. And most of the Indian people, they are very, very devoted to their guru, huh? even die for the guru, that's normal. You know many stories I told already about Guru Gobind Singh and the devotees, yeah, the devoted disciples. They really die for him. Many times he tested, but he didn't kill them, of course, just tested, yeah. Okay, now this guy bought the cloth, brought it home, and then what happened? His wife saw it. She said, oh, where did you get such a beautiful cloth and what for? Is that for me, is it? <laughs> of course. So the husband say, "No, that's for the guru. He demand this cloth, and I look all over for it. And tomorrow I bring it to him." Yeah. So the wife say, "No, no, I'm not parting with this cloth because it's beautiful. Just what we need because our family just needs some new clothes for New Year. You're not bringing it anywhere." <laughs> so the husband say, "But this is for the guru." I, I promised him to bring it tomorrow morning. She said, you could tell him you couldn't find it. Or you go out, buy another one for him. He said, no, no, this is the only rose that left. There's no other like this, the one and only. I have to bring it to the guru. But the wife said, you are not going to bring it to the guru, no matter what. <laughs> you have to tell him uh, that you could not buy it. Or you have not found it yet. Whatever you say, I don't care. I keep this road of cloth because she loved it so much. It was the most beautiful one. Uh, whoever let eyes on it, love it, you know, and it's expensive and all that, and it's the one and only. So she said, even, uh, he said, it's the one and only, I cannot buy another. She said, yeah, that is even so much the reason I should keep it. <laughs> so our neighbors will envy us, you know, because the neighbor just had something that we could not have. So now I'm having something else that she won't have. So it will be even. Uh, the, the wife maybe not initiated her. 
I don't think she is initiated. Huh? If she is, she wouldn't do that, no? no? Could it be that some initiates are like that? Could be also, huh? Yeah. Possible, huh? But rare, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, in our group, no, huh? Did you? Did you? <laughs> did you stop him to bring that small Christmas car for me? <laughs> Any of the woman? No. That little Christmas card. You tell him no. <laughs> no, huh? I'm kidding. Okay. So the wife doesn't let the husband bring the cloth to the guru. Next morning, he just come and tell him that he didn't find it. I tell you. Tell you. Any relationship in this world is a kind of binding chain. Yeah. Maybe golden chain, maybe silver chain, <laughs> maybe iron chain. They all chain you. Okay? Uh, except, you know, like in this poetry where the saints, yeah, when they live together, uh, the husband and wife are saying, then no problem at all. Uh, and they even help each other, yeah, to elevate to sainthood, higher sainthood. These are the real marriage, yeah? Even if they don't thank each other anymore. (laughs) 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 But to have such a marriage is rare, huh? Yeah. You know, love is to look in the same direction. It is truly like that, not to look into each other's eyes. You know, I'm glad that you two still, you know, love each other so much and... I want to ask you a secret. How? <laughs> yeah, there are some people are like that, huh? Some like that. There are some Vietnamese couple also like that. They left already. They've been together a long time, and and you know, after practicing Quaning method, you stay together longer even, huh? Because you become brother and sister, and you respect each other more, and you help each other to practice. So the relationship even became more deepened. Yeah? Only the one who are really lousy don't do that. <laughs> so now we go to the next uh, uh, next level. Eh? One who is dear to God, Kabir says, is from a long distance discerned. He is gaunt, yeah, by his heart transcends, as if he has quarreled. With the world. The one who is dear to God, according to Kabir, this guy feels very distant from everything, yeah? From uh, the thing that he talked about up there, you know, like even if the snakes around it, the temptation around him, the poison atmosphere around him, he's like aloof from it, you know, far from all of this. And even though he, he looked like he likes everything, yeah. Gone properly here don't only mean physical, hey, yeah. Maybe also physical, but means he doesn't seem uh, like glittering like everybody else, you know. Doesn't show off his wealth or doesn't really, you know, smartly dress or maybe have a, the greatest car in the world, nothing like that, you know. But in his heart, you know, he's a transcendental person. He is above all that. He's more glorious than the outer appearance. Yes. 
Maybe he's been bound to all these customs and uh, traditions of the world, but in his heart, he's aloof, yeah, above all that. That's what Kabir thinks. <laughs> he's gone, but his heart transcends as if he has quarreled with the world. Why is that? <laughs> huh? Why, like, why it is as if he has quarreled with the world? Anybody know? He doesn't love the world. It's not like he dislikes the world or anything, yeah? Or he hates the world or anything. He's just like oil doesn't mix with water. No matter how much water overwhelms the one drop of oil, he just doesn't mix with it. It's just by nature, huh? by nature of, of the things that oil and water don't mix, yeah? Yeah. The person who has transcended the the worldly attachment, he knows the reality already. So of course his heart never attached to anything that is not real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for example, before you know your wife, you have her photo. Yeah. I know one guy. Before he met his wife, uh, there was just somebody in a party, and I give a photo of a group, <laughs> a group photo in a party. You know. Of, of his friends with, together with some others, not friends, and then he saw her photo only in the group, and he said, find me this one. <laughs> <laughs> he said to his friend, help me to find, find this girl. And that's how they've been married up to now and have children and stay together for a long time. So, but after he found his wife, or data, or marry. You think he always keep looking at that photo every day, and attach his heart to it? No, maybe he keeps it for souvenir. Yeah, maybe, just to to know that okay, because of you, because of the photo, I know you. Yeah, I love you. First, when I saw even just a photo, that's a sentimental uh, souvenir. But he would not sleep with the photo. He would not eat with the photo. He would not <laughs> kiss the photo all day long. No. You think he would do that? No, no. He knows what is what. Yeah? He treasures his wife. He enjoys life with his wife together. The photo he put aside or in his wallet or maybe hang on the wall doesn't matter. But that is not important to him. And if he lost that photo, would he care so much? As long as he has his wife, would he care? No. Maybe if you, oh, sorry, that was the photo of sentiment, yeah? But he would not. Uh, die over it, no? He would not go all over town to find it. He would not spend all his time, energy, money just to find the photo, to serve the photo? No, right? He would spend all his time, all his energy, whatever he can, yeah? To please his wife, no? To enjoy with his wife. Yes, that is the reality with the saint. The same with the saint, yeah? He knows God. He knows what's real. So he would depend on his energy or his time and all, whatever he can, whenever he can, to devote to God, no? to the reality that he knows. That is like that. So nobody can shake his faith. Eh? Nobody can come to brother and say, hey, the photo is what you have. The photo is the best. Remember how you love the photo? Yeah, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot just because of this girl, you forsake the photo and neglect the photo. You have to sleep with it, devote all your time for the photo, spend all your money for the photo. 
frame is very big, you know, put gold on the photo, <laughs> uh, give flower to the photo every day. Would he do that? No. no. No matter how many people say, he knows his wife is real, yeah? And the photo is just a replica, just a, just a cause for him to find her, yeah? Similarly, in this world, every little thing in this world is a reminder us, reminder of, uh, for us to find God, yeah? To see the reality because the shadow of, of this, that's how awaken us to want to see the reality. See that? Yeah? Mm. We look around, we see beautiful flowers and skies and water, all this beautiful creation, and we think, oh, who made this? Yeah? I want to see the one that made this. Yeah? And so we long for God. See? Uh, and so, similarly, no matter what happened, the saints will never leave God for the world. But it doesn't mean that he hates the world. He's just so detached. There's nothing else he can do anymore. After brother see his wife, <laughs> nobody, nothing can make him love that photo and hug that photo all day long anymore, right? He would love his wife only. Yeah, the same. Once we know God, we don't love anything else. We don't hate anything else, but we just suddenly cut. Yeah? We cut the attachment to anything else in this world because we know the real world. That's all there is. Not because Master tell you to do that, not because <laughs> your uh, uh, brother and sister tell you to do that, not because uh, fear of your wife or anything, <laughs> or fear of hell even, not even that. Because you don't fear hell anymore. You don't care what. <laughs> and you know God already and you're happy. That is just the nature of things. Yeah? No matter what I tell you, you just do it. Yeah? And the ones who neglect God, yeah? who doesn't take time to find God, of course would not love God and then come back to love the world or not love the world or just slave to the world or not. Uh, for example... Maybe he saw the photo. He said, wow, this is a beautiful girl. I want her. But then uh, he couldn't care less, you know, whether he find her or not, yeah? And uh, then he got distracted, and maybe he likes another girl, you know, of the less, lesser beauty or lesser virtue. And then he got entangled in it, in that relationship. So when his friend finds the girl that he loved in the beginning, he's already so distracted and so attached and so bound to uh, the other relationship that he could not get out. Understand me? He could not get out. He's too busy with that. And he's too uh, bound, yeah? Too much binding from the other girl that even though he still wants to see the woman in that photo, he don't have any more time. He doesn't have any more energy. He has no more courage because the other wife will nip him. <laughs> or maybe starve him for many days or lock him in a room, who knows? <laughs> or beat him up even. <laughs> Three days he couldn't see her. <laughs> Until the four days. <laughs> see a little bit from the corner, swollen eyes. <laughs> so you see what I mean? Yeah. If we don't take time to find God and put God before everything else, then even when we find God, we are too distracted, yeah? 
too preoccupied, too bounded to even come to God. Just like if he didn't put all his attention to find the girl in the photo that he wants, he might be distracted and bound with another girl, and then he could never find happiness in the, the girl in the photo because he neglected her already, and now he, he's gone, he's finished, he's in prison, yeah, of another relationship, something like that. Of course, he still can. He still can. If he's courageous, he can break away from that. But most people don't have enough energy and courage to break away from an entangled relationship. Understand me? Well, that's why many men or women have two relations, eh? and just uh, chuckle, you know, back and forth between both of them and feeling very miserable, <laughs> like you don't have any wife at all. If you have two wives, it means you have no wife. <laughs> <laughs> Too much worry. Have to hide and have to tell lies and all that. What a life is that, yeah? In Vietnam, we have a saying, say, we say that, một vợ thì nằm dường lèo, hai vợ thì nằm chuồng heo, ba vợ thì nằm chèo queo một mình. It said it means if you have one wife, then you sleep on a silky bed with her, of course, na? and she takes care of you, and your bed is uh, uh, made with silk, huh? silk cloth. Huh? But if you have two wives, then you go out, sleep in the pig style. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you have three wives, that's it, you sleep all alone. <laughs> All by yourself. I don't care where. <laughs> Maybe not even a pigsty to to cover rain and, and, and sun. Maybe you just live on the street somewhere with your belonging together, you know? <laughs> like homeless. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe some of the homeless men in that situation. <laughs> you know, when you come home, you suddenly saw your belonging all on the street. And your wife stand on top of the balcony and say, that's yours, go. <laughs> and she changed all the locks, <laughs> and you could not get in anymore. <laughs> or she even moved to another town next day. Yeah, uh, That's how you become homeless. <laughs> well, it, it happened, no? If uh, you buy the house and in, all in her names, yeah? Or the bank accounts, all in her names, or... <laughs> Even joint names, yeah. <laughs> she can sell it uh, behind you, yeah. And all the joint accounts, she can take all the money out and say yonara to all of that. <laughs> you <laughs> say yonara, <laughs> and then uh, that's that's not uh, difficult to become a homeless, is it? Huh? <laughs> when you have no bank account, no house, what else you have? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> and wife, kids gone <laughs> somewhere else. You could never find. <laughs> okay, now we come to the next stanza. One who is dear to God, says Kabir, has slender his bodily frame. At night he lacks sleep and no flesh. His body does accumulate. Okay. The no flesh come with his body, okay. So the one who really loves God doesn't sleep at night, yeah. doesn't eat any meat, yeah. uh, consume little food, you know, or just simple food. And then so Kabir say that his body will become slender, yeah, skinnier, yeah. And at night he doesn't sleep at all also. 
therefore his body become have no flesh no no not a lot of fat on his body but you ate breakfast right yes. and dinner <laughs> and something in between <laughs> okay no yeah actually when i have to be out you know out of the meditation out of bed or then go out start working and many hours later then i feel maybe i'm hungry but mostly i don't feel hungry and the food doesn't taste that good too much also here the food tastes better why because of their devotion to food <laughs> and maybe their love that goes into the cooking for master you know oh so it tastes good to me yeah but nevertheless i don't think i eat that much it's just i don't know it's just lack of exercise and when you age you know <laughs> i don't tell you how age i am but <laughs> and then the the body mechanism slows down a little yes. bit na no? yeah hmm metabolic metabolism <laughs> metabolism also slow down <laughs> mechanism also slow down <laughs> everything slow down huh it's good for meditation hmm. so if you're young and you feel too itchy Well, you meditate, and don't worry. When you get old, you will. <laughs> you will meditate. <laughs> When all the beautiful girls don't look at you anymore, <laughs> when all the handsome guys left you alone, then there's a time for meditation. <laughs> at least, no? <laughs> But don't wait until then. Do a little bit slowly meditating now, at least, yeah? Yeah. To earn a little money better than no money, huh? Yeah. To earn a little meditation knowledge better than nothing. Don't wait until you owe and earn a lot, and that time you <laughs> you already almost gone. In India, there is a philosophy like this: your life divided into three parts. Yeah, the first part is to study. That's when you're young. Yeah, to study and come accumulate knowledge. Yeah, of the world or of uh, of a spiritual knowledge, and then in the middle uh, part of your life is to have family to discharge your duty. to your families and nation yeah and the third part of it after your kids grown up and business established and you have enough finance then you renounce the world so most of the monk in india they renounce the world after that period that philosophy but actually in the old time it's supposed to be not to renounce like become a monk like that you know in the clothes you know in appearance it's just like okay you you're young you study huh and then when you are middle of the, your life you get married or, or not get married to make a business and to take care of your family yeah and maybe your parents or something and then uh, after that you have enough yeah and then you can devote your time to be in in an ashram or with master something like that that's what they meant It's not like you have to be a, a monk and shave your head or wear the saffron robe or anything like that. Yeah? Because when you're older already, what for uh, rolling in the dirt uh, of the world anymore? You have enough money, you, you could go and be more quiet, yeah? And devote more time for meditation. And that's very wise. It is true like that, actually, you know? It's true, actually, that When you meditate a lot, yeah, you really don't feel like hungry. You don't feel food. 
don't feel you don't like food, huh? Eh? That's my experience. That's why mostly I don't eat breakfast until like four, five, six, eight o'clock. It depends on if I'm busy or not. Yeah, if I'm out of my room, and if there's work to do, then I work first. Huh? Eh? Rarely I eat first. Rarely. Yeah, because I don't feel hungry. And after I work, 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 and then maybe I feel a little hungry, so I eat before I'm starving. Because if you wait until you're really starving, then you eat too much. <laughs> yeah? So you're just hungry, maybe 70%, 60%, and you eat, and you don't eat that much. And after that, uh, okay, the night already come, and then I continue working after the non, not urgent work, and then continue, and then uh, go meditate, you know? Sometimes I have to really go out, walk in the cold air for a while, so that I will have some <laughs> appetite, come back and enjoy some food. But because at home it's very easy, no? I told you already, just uh, sesame brown rice, they're ready for everybody, you know. And of course they eat um, extra with tofu, yeah, or salad, something already made simple. Tofu you can eat raw like that. Or if sometimes you're too bored, then you just fry, still fry a little bit, yeah with some oil and some some seasoning and some some uh, soy sauce, and you eat with the brown rice sesame and, and the salad. That's it. In salad, you just put some sauce on it and some soy sauce, and then it's done. Salad, you can mix all kind of vegetable that you can eat raw, so you have all kind of nutrition, yeah? Now someday you eat this salad, next day you eat that, you have okay, yeah. And if you really, that bore still with every day, then you... Still fry some vegetable, the one you cannot eat raw or you think it doesn't taste good. Some vegetable don't taste good when you eat raw. So you just still fry that day, you know, and eat together with rice. Very simple. No need to a lot, a lot of different dishes, ne? I don't know, sometimes um, they cook a lot of dishes, but I'm just eating one dish because if it tastes good, I continue with that. <laughs> anyway, so they brought out the same. And of course, for politeness, I said, take one, eat, so that people know I do eat their food. But mostly one dish is enough for me, one kind, you know, simple, simple. And I feel very light. Sometimes when I eat a lot of different kind of food here, my stomach cannot bear it. You know, it uh, has problem, yeah, indigestion problem. So at home, it's uh, feel very uh, easy, huh? Light, uh, easy. Uh, the way I live my life is very easy, yeah. And some days, uh, maybe I don't even eat that. Uh, brown rice isn't me nothing. If I eat a sandwich already with a salad, cucumber or something like that, and then later I eat some fruit or drink some juice and finish, yeah. Then I don't feel hungry anymore. So the brown rice sesame also did not even need some days. It depends. Just brown rice and bean sesame ready, you know. And if, if we don't cook anything at all, if we don't have anything else, that would be enough even. Yeah, if you eat like that every day, also enough nutrition. No need even fruit, vegetable, really like that. I know a monk in Taiwan, huh? he's a Vietnamese monk. Huh? He never eat anything else except brown rice and sesame. And, and salt, yeah, salt in the sesame already. He bought a lot, you know, cheap, you know, big, big chunk of, bag of sesame, and they ground it already for him, and then they store it in big jars, and every day they just cook brown rice, and he just eat with that. I don't see him eat anything else. And sometimes, you know, maybe a little fruit juice, but only if people made it for him. If not, he doesn't eat, doesn't even take anything, just water, sesame, brown rice. And he's, oh, big man, he's about three times my size. <laughs> 
I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, also a Qigong master, eh? Yeah. You cannot stab him. You cannot kill him with knife or bullet. Yeah. Yeah, you know the Qigong people, if you put knife into their body, it just comes out. Just <laughs> repose it. Yeah? And he teach Qigong, you see? Yeah. I really saw him do it, it's not just talking or teaching. He really... He really can bend an iron rod, you know, or bear a spear into his throat, which is the most sensitive area even. The spear goes to his throat, it just stays there. And it's just a little red mark, just like when you when you, you put something on your skin, just very little red mark, that's it, nothing else. No bleeding and not even deep into the skin, no. no. Yeah. The spear just leave a red mark because when you press something on it, it has a red mark, that's it, nothing else. But it, it, it disappears in two seconds, you know. No bleeding, no holes in the skin, no scratch, nothing. Or he lay on a broken glasses and somebody piled, you know, <laughs> concrete on him and banging with the hammer, nothing happened. Just some red mark and then it's be gone. Yeah, truly like that. And he eat only brown rice, sesame, and water. Yeah, I bear witness to that. I saw it. When I first came to Taiwan, I stay, you know, in his temple. I know every day. Oh, he's not cheating. <laughs> Just that. Of course, but he practiced all kind of qigong, you know, and all kind of thing. And he lived from that too. It's not just a food, I guess. Huh? And he used some ball, you know, to practice his hand all the time to regulate the cheese or something like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, you, you, we can all do that. And there is a, a Japanese guy, the one who spearhead the uh, sesame brown rice, is Osawa, no? Yeah. He, I don't think he practiced anything. And he wasn't that big and fat like the monk that I told you. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I saw um, he's skinnier, yeah? And when he was 70-something, he still went around the world, you know, talking about brown, brown rice and sesame diet because he, he, he said that it cured all kinds of disease, cancer and everything. And it has been proven as well. Many people in the world follow these diets to cure their sickness. Yeah. And after you eat the brown rice and sesame for a while like that, if you eat anything else, your body seems not to agree with it. Yeah, because it's more simple and more pure for the body to assimilate. So that's that's what it is. The, that's the way it says, yeah? yeah. But uh, I'm not like fanatic or anything, okay? Someday I eat brown rice and sesame. That's just ready there for any time, like a staple of food, you know? Yeah, if you don't have anything else, you eat that. That's good enough. But uh, I I just eat anything. <laughs> Mostly, mostly that, yeah? Mostly that diet, but sometimes variety. I have a sandwich or something, yeah? And then uh, some juice, yeah, and it's fine, yeah. And you take some vitamin with it, yeah? Whatever your vitamin you need, or multivitamin, or some, if you're old, maybe a little calcium or something, whatever you think necessary, extra element, then it's okay. And I feel better that way, you know? Then here, I have to admit, here the food tastes good and plenty of varieties. But I don't always feel good after eating it. I feel very tired, you know, that I even need to sleep. <laughs> after eating, I can't function anymore. <laughs> too much, yeah? Too rich or the body has to 
take all the energy to digest. Maybe that's why it is. At home, I eat very simple, and I continue to work immediately after after eating. I don't feel any difference. But here, I did feel the difference. <laughs> Every time after I eat, oh, even if you bake me kneeling in front of my door to come out, I would not. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Kabir. <laughs> if only he knows what I'm talking about. Because his wife only ever cooked him stones, right? Yeah. The wife only cooks stone. <laughs> and they have to go and borrow food, if any food at all. Yeah, remember? He even exchanged his wife <laughs> for food. Whoa, what a guy, yeah. <laughs> but he knew, you know, he knew it's, it, uh, it's not going to happen. They sell everything <laughs> for the sake of uh, spreading God's teaching. Huh? You see how, how pure he was. Huh? All the people come to his house. He doesn't ask them to donate or anything. He quietly go out and sell his wife, <laughs> sell, almost sell his wife for some grocery. Uh, chapatis. <laughs> That's how cheap it is. <laughs> the body, yeah, the body is cheap anyway. Huh? Suppose we die. Okay, maybe we can sell the kidney for some transplant for a couple of thousand dollars, but that's all there was to our body. Huh? If your kidney still can be used or your heart is still beating, uh, then maybe you can sell it for a couple of hundred or thousand dollars. Yeah, depends on where. But otherwise, body is useless, no? Yeah, when we die, it's, uh, you know, use nobody buy it. Huh? Maybe you can give it to some laboratory and they cut it into pieces for the student to look at, but <laughs> to study, but there's not much. Yeah, okay. So even even if uh, he uh, expect that the gro- grocery man would uh, buy his uh, wife for a night, he wouldn't care. She wouldn't care. Yeah, both of them are completely devoted to God that even their body, they offer it as well, in whatever way God meant it to be to save sentient beings, to save other people. Hmm? So they are really saints, huh? Lucky for those who have such a wife and such a husband, huh? Yeah, don't we envy them? Yeah. So it's not just to envy them, just to emulate, eh? to make it look the same like that. We don't read the story of ancient saints and sages just to amuse ourselves. We make it funny. Of course, I'm always funny, yeah? <laughs> just, but just to drive home the point, yeah? We read it not just to have fun or to entertain ourselves, but to see how the saints live their life. And we will try to achieve, you know, their way of life. That's how people become saints. Yeah, even if you're not born saint, you can become saint if you emulate the saint. Yeah, if you do exactly what they do, if you practice the contact with the light and sound, even dim at the beginning, if you strive for it, you will be a big saint in no time. Everyone is born with sainthood. Just they want to take it or not take it. Truly like that. No one would be denied the kingdom of God if they really want it. No one. Even if you're from Astro, you just came back from hell, you'll be a saint in no time. If you're really sincerely devoted. Every saint has a path. It's truly like that. 
every sinner has a future. And in the eyes of God, there's no sinner. They're just mistaken and situation pushes them into it. Yeah, the temptation of this world, the snakes around the sandalwood <laughs> tree. So all we have to do is just really focus, really love God above everything else. Then you are really a saint. Or you will be the same in no time. This is a very logic and very simple solution. There's no mystical things about being a saint. Nothing at all. Just truly you desire for God. That's it. That's the only ingredient, only requirement that you really want to be with God. You really want to go home. That's all. If you just change your mind, change the concept, Accept the new concept that God is above all things and your true home is where you belong and you want to go there. That's the only concept. You change it in your heart. You have to accept that. You know that is your life. From now on, you're going to live by that. That's all there is to sainthood. Then nothing else can touch you. Nothing can change you. Nothing can make you trouble. But how many people can do that? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, The concept... You see, we have to change the concept in our heart. We have to change the concept of, okay, I have to work for the world, I have to take care of this, I have to do business that, I have to be successful in the world. I have to change that concept into knowing God. You still do your job, but you know that's not the main point. Yeah, You do it all your best, but you know I'm doing it so that I can find God. If I have to do it, I do it. Yeah, And if I don't have to, I forget it. <laughs> I for I forget it for God. Yeah. So. So that is the true spirit of renunciation, the true spirit of monkhood, the true spirit of sainthood. There's no other. Okay, we come to the next, the fourth stanza. Those who are grossly ignorant, they have the pleasant carefree sleep. But when I knew this, till then unknown, I have fallen in calamities. I would fallen in calamities. Hmm. Okay. The people who are ignorant, yeah, truly, deeply ignorant, they can even have a carefree sleep. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, all they do is just maybe go out, sell something, do some job, yeah, labor job or intellectual job, and at night, and then they earn their money every month, every week, whatever, yeah, and they fill their belly with what they earn, and that's it, nothing else to do. Huh? Then, of course, they sleep, yeah. But the one who knows the unknown, yeah, up to then, he doesn't know God, yeah. But when he knows the unknown, mean God, that's it. His trouble begins. <laughs> when he says calamities, doesn't mean some disaster or any tragic situation. But it's just like tragic to his heart. Now he longs for nothing else except God. You see what I mean? Yeah. So in the sense of the world and literature, that is a calamity. What is a guy who cares not for business? Huh? who don't even touch his wife, who don't eat much food and sleep, no, at night. 
Isn't he not in calamities? <laughs> what kind of man is that in the eyes of the world, actually? Huh? He must be cuckoo. Huh? <laughs> so in this sense, Kabir say that because he knows the unknown now, that he fallen into calamities. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's a very happy calamity that he accepts. Huh? <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't continue to do it. No, It's just like you are in love, you're helpless. When you love somebody, oh, no matter what parents say, oh, he's poor, he's a bad guy, he's this, he's that, he's not worthy of your hands, he's not worthy of your heart. No, would you listen? No, 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 you just want that person. You just want that man. And you can't care less not what happened in the future. Yeah. Even some people love somebody else's husband, and she also cannot help it. She knows it's bad, she knows she cannot do it, she knows it's disadvantage for her, but she's just helpless. You understand me? It's, it's just like that with God devotion. Once you know a glimpse of your beloved, the unknown God, you just hooked. And then you continue, continue. And if you have a chance at all, you would just sit in meditation for a long time. You don't care for food, you don't care for a job, you don't care for wife, children, husband, nothing. But that's why I warn you, you have to continue with your worldly duty. Yeah? Because if I let you, you will sit there all day, all night, and then what? Huh? <laughs> then people will think that I make your family trouble. I don't, they already think like that because you eat vegetarian only. Understand me? <laughs> what if I allow you to just forsake everything the way you want? Then we will go nowhere. Huh? But therefore in India they, they devise this system. Hmm? And when you're young, you study, you do the way your parents want you. And in the middle of the, your life, you marry, you do like everybody else. If you, if you have to, <laughs> if you don't have to, okay, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, that's just a normal situation eh? in the society of India in the old time. It's like that. So that nobody say anything. And the, the, the world population continue and the world uh, system continue, you see? So we don't disrupt anything, yeah? But the small number of them skip all that, you know? They skip the, the young age to go to school. They skip also the family age. They go direct into the third age, <laughs> the ice age. <laughs> the ice age, you freeze everything. <laughs> you don't care about anything. You freeze it all up. You just go direct to sit at the feet of the master in the ashram or something. And then you train yourself maybe, and then you go out, spread the teaching, you know, like those monks in the older age. Yeah, You can skip all the stages if you want. But if you have to go step by step, then it's like that. A young one, you study. Middle life, you married, have children, take care of business, all that. And old age, retired, go to devote yourself for the teaching of the masters and spread it. Or not spread it. It depends. Yeah? Just stay in the ashram, for example, like that. Understand me? Yeah. The one who stay in my ashram you know, like residents, they skip, yeah? <laughs> they skip the three stages in one, yeah. Well, we can do that too, you know? Like I eat uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in one. <laughs> <laughs> Save time. <laughs> I don't have too much time, so that's convenient, yeah? So I just keep it, yeah? And it's okay too. 
So, so I have more time to meditate, eh? Yeah, because it's more important to the world, yeah? And to everyone, and to me. <laughs> I want to go home also like you guys. Suppose you go home and I'm not there. <laughs> Master, are you still down there? <laughs> Master, you need a hand? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe you all go up first and you have to pull me up, huh? Maybe you give me all the loads of karma and I'm burdened down here and buried under your karma, who knows? Then you have to look down and help me, huh? Okay? <laughs> well, sometimes uh, the children grown up and help the parents, no? Okay. Uh, parents old and weak, you know, and burdened with sickness and long life of sacrifice. Then the children nurse them, no? Okay. So if you go up there and I'm not home, <laughs> please telephone, see where I am. <laughs> Send me an email or something. <laughs> but if I cannot reply, please look down, see where I am, and all of you give a hand to pull me up. I don't know. All right. Now, let's go down to the fifth stanza. Yeah? Another stanza here. There is intense commotion in the man's mind who has science and knowledge. Without sword, he fights a battle. Awake each morning, he struggles with himself. Mm, it's like that, huh? <laughs> you know very well. <laughs> <laughs> he said that the men who, who are grossly ignorant have a pleasant, carefree sleep. Probably he meant that the guys who doesn't accumulate too much of worldly knowledge and intellectual garbage, yeah? He sleeps also nicely, yeah, and why not? Huh? The laborer and all that, and the guy who's not greedy for the fame and name of the world, he sleeps freely, yeah? And then, uh, after enlightenment, Kabir discover this, yeah? Just like a labor, laborer, he earned his uh, uh, living by hand, uh, he has no worry. He just earns his honest living. He comes home, uh, he eats his meal, and then he goes sleep. He has no guilt, no burden, no worry. Yeah? So, similarly, if a saint can be in that state, you understand me? Uh, simple, uh, simple-minded, no uh, ambition. Yeah? Live one day to the next, earn your living by labor then you also sleep freely like that, okay? Mm. But he didn't know that before, okay? He was already deep in calamities also. <laughs> in a way, you can interpret the fourth stanza in that two category, huh? Yes. Anyway, you know, most of the saying when they write it is deep, you know? You got to check again and again, yeah. But the guy, according to Kabir, the guys who accumulate too much Intellectual garbage, you know, there's a lot of noise in his head when he sleeps. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, he he doesn't have he doesn't have a sword or gun, but he's battling with the the whole world all day, all night, because he worry about this, he worry about that. The more he knows, the more he worry. Yeah, <laughs> he think too much. Yeah, and he uh, plan too much, and sometimes the plan works, sometimes doesn't work, and it's too noisy, too busy in his head. Mm. That's according to Kabir, that he awake each morning, he struggles with himself. 
too much garbage, yeah, too much useless information and data. So he fighting with all that. This is good. Oh, this is no good. This is good. Even science, they update all the time. You have to keep up all the time. Even medical uh, treatment is always updating, always new, yeah. And then you have to struggle to keep up with it, yeah, to know the new, how, yeah, and when, <laughs> and you you. Always busy, always busy. Never, never stop, never stop. Yeah. The master in the fourth stanza, there's no desire for God, and in the fifth one, there's no room for God. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> the fourth is it, it, too ignorant. Also, don't have any desire. Yeah, for God, don't know anything. And the fifth is too busy, don't have time for God. Uh, either of them are also very, very bad. But if the man who look like ignorant, but he's not, like the saint, you know? The saintly, the sage look like the ignorant. If that kind of ignorant is not, yeah, then he'll be fine. Yes. Now, the sixth stanza. With eye wide open, I wonder, but no one came across my sight. In whoever's heart my master dwells, how can he remain recondite? The man who has the master in his heart, he cannot hide it. It shows. You understand? The one who devoted to God, it shows it. Whoever has a heart, the master dwells in his heart, he cannot hide. You understand me? People would smell it, would know it. You know it too well. You, know, you don't say anything. People always come around you and dig you out and say something to you or ask you something, right? Yeah. They cannot hide it. It's the same with me. I'm hiding myself so much, but I cannot always hide. Sometimes they see the light around my body, around my head and something, and then they also come. They tell each other to come, even in a hotel, in police station, even. Uh, so it's just not easy to hide yeah, the light that you have within you. Once the light is out, you know, when you push the button of enlightenment, enlightenment means light come out, <laughs> yeah, the the light that has been uh, locked up within your being after initiation bust open, yeah. So everybody can see it. That's why, and you have devotion to the master inside your heart, yeah. You always think of master. That person can never hide. People would smell it. People would know about it. Yeah. Okay. So, with eyes open, I wonder, but no one came across my sight. Because he has only masters in his heart, only God in his heart. So even if he walk around, he work, he eat, he uh, uh, interact with people, but he doesn't really see anybody. I mean, he doesn't take notice of anyone. He don't care about anyone. You know, just like when you're in love, you're oblivious to any other girls in the world or any other men on the planet, No. You only think of that guy all the time. Uh, all of you who has been young and in love, you know what I'm talking about or not. Yeah? Yeah. You know, at least for that week, you know, the honeymoon time, or honeymoon month, yeah, honeymoon, yeah. In Vietnam, we say honey week only. So, means week, one week. So I, the, the Chinese, uh, the English, they are more optimistic. <laughs> say honeymoon. Huh? One, month. one month, yeah. Honeymoon, maybe, yeah. Uh, the high moon, maybe. Because in Vietnam we say, oh, only Holy Week. 
Maybe we are more realistic, <laughs> more experienced <laughs> in romance. Okay. Anyway, I hope uh, your honeymoon lasts longer, but <laughs> it sometimes lasts the whole lifetime, no? What does it feel like to live with someone for so long? Could you guys tell me? Except with God, I don't think I could live with anybody that long. I love all the men that I met before, but I couldn't live with them very long. Huh? I was engaged, you know, and I was married also, but I don't think I could ever live with them all my life. I don't know how. <laughs> oh, perhaps because I left already and it's too late to come back, but if I knew what I, I knew what I know, huh? I'd probably not leave them, maybe. Just stay together as friends, yeah, maybe. Huh? So that's what it is. You stay together just like friends, like, like best friends, more than friends. Because uh-huh. you uh, go through upheavals together, right? Yeah, it would be more deep, huh? Deepened relationship with days, right? Yeah, of course. Worry about the same things, yeah? Take care of the same problem. Maybe that's how you deepen your relationship, huh? Oh, well, I'm asking you, the practitioner, the so called saint, so it's different, isn't it? But if I ask the people outside how they live together the whole life, probably it's the same, huh? Uh, they have so many souvenirs together, uh, moments together, so they just, you know, become like best friends, yeah? Yeah, something like that, okay. After a while, it's no longer the physical attraction, right? It's the friendship, right? Okay, yeah. Maybe it's good like that, that I left to my family. Otherwise, you have to move, you know, to Germany <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And my house was very small. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a doctor, but just new doctor, you know, didn't earn that much. My house, only two rooms, where you sit. <laughs> Here you already sit uh, uh, outside of the yard, but over there maybe you don't even have yard to sit. <laughs> yeah, I have yard, okay. But I don't know if the neighbors would allow me to put up tent like this for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it would be more difficult, huh? If I live with uh, my ex-husband, huh, it would be difficult for you to reach me. Huh? I also have to ask him, huh? are you on duty tonight? Okay, then we can, I can see other husbands. <laughs> so many husbands, <laughs> so many wives coming. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to wait in turn, you know? I can only take maybe four people at a time <laughs> in my house, yeah. <laughs> if I remain... A wife, in the sense of the world, it will be more difficult, right? Yeah. And apart from not saying that maybe my ex-husband, jealous, yeah. I don't like that guy. No, he cannot come in. <laughs> okay, that ugly guy, okay. The old man, okay. All the beautiful girls, okay. But the, <laughs> uh, the other, uh, maybe uh, at the end, far... Uh, Twenty years later, <laughs> or thirty, when he's older, you know, all the handsome guys and you know old men, old woman uh, can have to wait a long queue, you know. <laughs> it's his house, you know. I can't decide, you know. I have to ask him who's coming, you know. And he probably look at the photo first. Okay, <laughs> this guy can come. This guy cannot. This guy okay. This girl okay. She's beautiful. You know, <laughs> uh, then we'll be in a little bit more trouble, eh? Mm. Thank God. <laughs> oh. Thank God for you that I'm lonely, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, I left the best husband you can find, okay? So 
But I find the best husbands and wives also that the world can find. Yeah, it's okay too. Again, yeah? I have more husbands now. <laughs> so, if you become the best, that would be worth it. Yeah? Yeah. You're worth uh, the bargain, you know? <laughs> like, a, like a good business, no? Hmm. I exchange one for many, no? Huh. Even the one best, but I also have many best, and it's okay too. To tell you the truth, if he doesn't practice quanning method, I don't even want to look at him. <laughs> anyway, yeah? He doesn't practice spiritual. Then, to me, there's no husband, no wife, no relative, no friend. Yeah? I'm only a wife to anyone who practices spiritual method, uh, quanning method, mean. Uh, sincere longing for God. I'm only a relative to those who love God. Yeah, yeah. Then they are my family members. If anyone at all, no matter what he is, who she is, good-looking, earn a lot of money, sweet and nice, faithful, lawyer, anything like that, they're not my friend, not my relative, not my husband, okay? So don't worry. <laughs> we did a good job. <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe you go out eat again? No. no? <laughs> I don't know if I can do some more or not. I just like to do, you know, one, one at a time. You know what I mean? Too many is like become style, no? Okay. That's good enough, huh? Yeah. You want some joke? <laughs> yes. I come back later, okay? okay. Thank you. Thank you very much.